0: Welcome to the Embodied Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. In this show, we'll be exploring all things love, relationships, and the creative fulfillment of living a life on purpose. If you're someone who wants to leave this world a little better and really make the most out of your human experience, you're a creative, a lover, a human who is here to embody the full essence of love, this podcast is for you. Join me for conversations about the real stories, lessons, and mistakes that make up a life well-lived and a human well-loved. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast after, I think it's been a week, maybe two, since I last dropped a podcast because I have been deep in the pocket of creating and, and also we, we had the dating workshop and, uh, just taking some space and time to integrate after that. It was so much fun. And I'm definitely going to be doing another dating workshop probably in April. I think we might be diving into red flags and making sure your pickers really working. <laughs> That's, that's what seems to be kind of swirling, but I'll keep you all posted in, you know, my Instagram and, um, you know, probably on the podcast in these coming weeks, of what we are going to do next. And I also have a, uh, mastermind that I'm going to be facilitating for the dating workshop. And that is open to obviously anyone who attended the workshop, but also if you didn't attend the workshop, then you can hop in on that. Space is going to be limited probably between six to 10 uh, people. I think we're going to limit it there just so that I can really get in there and get to know everyone and dive into your unique experiences with dating and really fine tune you know, any places where you might be having some energy leakage, some challenges, and really tune those up for you. And if it's too big of a group, I'm obviously not able to do that deep of work with everyone so I'd like to keep it pretty small so if you're interested in that you can hit me up and I can send you the application for it because it will be by application and we're also going to try out the sliding scale for the mastermind there's obviously a minimum amount that is required but then you can choose you know what you'd like to pay from that from that point and um yeah, I'm excited to play that out and dive in. And with that particular mastermind, you will also be getting access to the dating for partnership program, which is coming out on April 1st. No, it's not uh April F- Fools' joke. <laughs> it's actually legitimate, and um, I'm going to be releasing that self study program April 1st. So it, you get a copy of that program. You also get a copy of The workshop, and you get to keep those forever. And you will also be in the live mastermind with us for I think we're going to do three months. So we'll do calls every other week for three months. And I'm just stoked to play with like the little small group energy again. I really enjoy it. So we're going to be diving into that in. April, that will start probably mid April because I'm away until then. (laughs) So it's going to be when I'm back. And uh, I will have more details in the coming weeks about that so that you have time to get your application in. We can really assess if this is the best place for you to be and also um, get you all set up if it is. All right. So let's dive into today's episode. You know, what's really been up for me <clears throat> lately is this whole world of being a creative and really merging these two worlds of relationship and music together and really this whole world of you know, writing music and being inspired by life. And I think there's a lot of really important aspects to that that parallel the world of relationship lens. Because let's be honest, when we're in a relationship, there's you know the honeymoon phase where it's really exciting, everyone's stoked to be there, like all the feel-good hormones and chemicals are flushing through your system and you feel great. You're like walking on cloud nine everything's amazing, you know, you could get the shittiest news and you'd be like, hey, I can handle it. <laughs> and then there's the inevitable, like, drop into reality. And to me, that that clunk, when that happens, that's where, like, the true relating begins because we get dropped out of fantasy and we get dropped out of, you know, that more illusion Feel goody, like, oh, fairy tale kind of moment. And we get clunked into reality. And that's where we get to see what the relationship is really made of. And the same is true as a creative, because there's inevitable moments in being a creative where you don't feel inspired, you don't feel creative. And that's the clunk, that's the moment of like, you know, life is happening. Life is being lifey in that moment. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go through some of the ways that this sort of happens for me and the parallels for, you know, relating because, you know, I, I will go through phases and I, I want this to be a permission slip. If you are a creative of any kind, and to be honest, if you're breathing on this planet, if you're a human you are creative. You may not be an artist in the sense of that kind of vein of creativity, but you are a creative. You are actually like creating your life day to day. And you may just create in different areas of life than I do, but it doesn't negate the fact that you are a creator as well. And anyone who is a creator is creative. (laughs) And so, you know, I personally am more on the artistic side where I create music, I write songs, I sing those songs. Um, I also really love dance. Uh, I love painting. Uh, I got into pottery last year and made my first booby cup. It was great. I had so much fun doing that with my girlfriends. And there's just this part of me that I, if I don't tend to, if I do not tend to my creative side, my life starts to feel real flat, real dull. And as a relational teacher, like I am creating in terms of i create programs, i create experiences, i create and facilitate embodiment work. Like there is a lot of creation that goes into my work, but the artistic side of me is what kind of fills my tank and allows me to feel really energized. You know, if those pockets of my work are starting to feel a little dense. And then, you know, when I feel like a little dense with my creative artistry, it's the relational work that helps to re-energize and reinvigorate my creative life. So they work in tandem with each other. And I, I just, I love that because I have a very, 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 potent need for variety in my life. It is one of my core values, my top core values. And if I do not have variety in my life, I am not a very happy person. I'm not a very fulfilled person. And as you can imagine, in my twenties, the way in which I went about getting my need for variety met. Uh, It wasn't the healthiest pathway I could have chosen, but I don't regret it. I really don't regret it at all. Um, Because obviously every step that I've taken in my life up until this point has literally led me here. And here's a pretty sweet place to be even with all the fuckery that happens in the world and in life, like I'm still very grateful to be landed here in this moment, in this body, in this life. And part of that really has a lot to do with looking back on past versions of myself with reverence, knowing that, yeah, she, she was just kind of bulldozing through life, trying to figure it out had some wounding that wasn't totally resolved yet. And that's okay. And like, there is a lot of coping mechanisms there and it's okay. That's, that's just what's so. And it led me to, you know, be able to look back at my life now being 40 years old and look and see like, Oh yeah, that need for variety is really strong for me. And I had to explore, the unhealthy range, the unhealthy exploration in terms of the ways in which I was getting that need for variety met wasn't exactly, you know, supporting my artistry. It wasn't supporting my relationships, you know, and this is the path of getting in embodied relationship and in right relationship with your core values, it it takes some time. It's clunky. And the things that matter most to us and the places that we keep revisiting or going back to will often hold keys to unlocking new layers of awareness in these areas. And, you know, music is one of those areas for me. Being an artist is one of those areas for me. And also being a creative and a facilitator of this relational work. And having these two aspects of myself really allow me to dance in the world of variety. So if I'm feeling like a little stagnant in one of the areas, I'm like, oh, great. It's time to go and pick up the guitar and like get the energetics moving again. Or if I'm sitting at my guitar or at my keyboard and like nothing is coming out and I've had these moments and if you are a creative you can likely relate to this where the creative well dries up. And this also happens in relationships where that spark just fizzles out (laughs) and we're like oh, we're in like the, the gray zone where it's, it's a bit murky. It's a bit muddy. We're like, oh, I'm not inspired. And when that happens, if we don't see that as part of the greater creative process, we will make it wrong. So if I, If we are an artist and we are in that creative lull, we might make it wrong. We might make up stories that maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe it's not meant for us. Maybe we're not as good uh, of a creative or an artist as we think we are. And this is all shit that goes through my head. It doesn't go through my head for a long time, but it does go through my mind. Like, I will have moments when I am in a creative rut that I start thinking thoughts of like, yeah, maybe maybe I just think I'm way better than I actually am and this isn't really for me and I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Like maybe I have no business in writing music or singing songs or playing the guitar as poorly as I do. I mean, I'm not terrible, but I'm not great. Um, and I will really start to second guess myself and if I don't have, you know, other places in my life where I can work out, you know, pockets of inspiration where I can pour my creative energy and be fulfilled in that area, I'm probably just going to eat myself alive with those negative thoughts. And those negative beliefs. And so now, sitting here being 40 years old, looking at my life, and I'm like, wow, like the intelligence of my system, I'm just in awe of because my system needs variety. And so I set up my life, you know, and I did parts of it very consciously, and building my business was a very conscious process. But there are parts of it, these very mystical, magical parts of it that you don't see until you see. And this is one of those threads of like, oh, I can see how this thread of variety was essentially one of the core aspects of being able to maintain being both a creative and a relational teacher. Because if I had to do just one of those things, I would probably be so fucking bored and I I would not be fulfilled. Like, that's how much variety is necessary for me. (laughs) Change the scene. Um, And yet there are certain things that I need consistency with. (laughs) Like, this this is the wild part about being human, is that we just don't make sense. And yet we totally make sense at the same time. And being able to laugh about it and have... You know, a sense of humor about our human is what helps us figure all this stuff out. And, you know, if you aren't necessarily an artist, but you find yourself in those lulls of your relationship where you're like, the inspiration is gone. And like, we're just in the clunk and it's really dull and like, we can't see eye to eye. And there's all this, you know, friction. That's happening. Um, there's this lyric that just keeps going through my head right now: "of friction is turning to fire." It's a Marceba song, so like keep that in mind. In those periods of time where there is friction, the friction eventually you have enough of it and it will spark. It'll spark something. It'll spark something new. It'll spark something alive. And it's also a really good idea to have other areas, like build out your life and have other areas of your life where you can gain a sense of fulfillment and inspiration. Because if you put all of that emphasis on your relationship The healthiest of relationship is going to crumble under that pressure. A relationship can't be everything to you. It can't be all things to you. That's not the point of relationships. They're not this place where you go to like plug in all of your circuits and get every single need met there with that one person, that one relationship. This is why we have friends, This is why we have family. This is why we have colleagues and people that we work with because you are a multifaceted human being. You aren't one-dimensional. There are so many components to you that make you extraordinary. And if you were looking at yourself through the lens of curiosity, through the lens of being a forever student of yourself, you would find out things that you didn't know about you today and every day until the day you take your last breath. And like you were that complex, you were that interesting. And when we forget, because we've lost touch with that creative side of us, when we forget that we are multifaceted. We are extraordinary creative beings. Life and relationships, we they will get really dull really fast. And so this is your invitation to build more of those things into your life this year. Give yourself permission to really have it. Those, those places, those hobbies, those things that really bring you to life. And then take a look at where you invest most of your time and your energy. And are you investing it in places that are essentially like a suck hole on your soul? Because a lot of people, they'll, they'll do things and they'll be involved in certain patterns or behaviors. And there's a high cost to those behaviors and the cost is usually on your fulfillment the cost is usually to your creative energy the cost is to your availability to your own heart and you know you it's up to you to take some inventory on your life to find out where those soul sinkholes are because if you don't know where they are the energy's going out and it's not being replenished and the more it goes out the more it goes out the duller the duller the duller it gets and you know then we can get into these places where we're like it's hopeless like there's nothing to live for like everything is just so blah and yeah that is true when there are a lot of these channels open think of it like a of that where you would pour a lot of liquid into, and this vat has a bunch of puncture holes in it. So the water is like slowly leaking out of this vat. And then you're looking at it from the top being like, wow, this is such a mystery. Why the water, like I keep putting water in and then it's just gone. What is happening here? Instead, what we need to do is change our orientation, change our point of view, so that we look at the vat from a different angle and we can see like oh from this angle there's a lot of holes here no wonder i can't keep the water in the vat and so when you look at it from a new vantage point you can then see what's happening and then make a plan to clean up or fix or you know fix the vat You don't need to fix yourself. You're not broken. But in terms of this example, like you'd want to look at like those places in your life where your creative life force energy is just going out and it's not being replenished because you're plugging it into something or someone or somewhere that is not nourishing your soul. And if you want to have thriving relationships, you want to have a thriving life, it is completely necessary for you to find those soul sinkholes, those holes in your vat, get really clear on what they are, and then start patching them up, which means you actually withdraw your energy from that behavior, from that pattern, from that person, from that place. And you set a new boundary around it. Um, Maybe you might need to have additional support to help maintain that boundary. And once we've patched up the internal that, then we can look at, well, where could I invest my creative life force energy and have it be this very reciprocal um, energetic Where like, yeah, my creative energy is going out, but it's also being amplified and replenished. And like, I get to receive something from that as well. And this is where your creative hobbies and endeavors come into play. Because when you have a life that really lights you up, it's full, it's rich. Like you just love getting up day to day because you love what you get to do. And this doesn't mean that you have to like flip your whole life upside down. It just means that you have to start adding in things that really nourish you because as you add in more of what nourishes you, you have less availability for the things that don't. And you keep this process up and then eventually you have recalibrated your life eventually you have recalibrated these places where historically so much of your energy was going out and not being replenished. And then the impact is that your relationships are dull. They don't function well. We put too much pressure on our relationships to be the be all end all. And when you have these areas of your life where they're sacred to you, And this is very much like the path of reverence, which is, you know, can we bring sacredness to our whole human? Can we bring sacredness to our relational world? And in order to bring reverence into our relational world, we have to have reverence for ourselves. And if we are spending, frivolously spending our creative life force energy and investing it in places That it has very little return, if any at all, it does have such a significant impact on what we can create inside of our relationships. Because when you hit that lull as a creative and like you hit that moment where you're uninspired, if you don't have a pathway out of that, and like for me, if I'm uninspired musically, like one of the best things I can go do is take a walk and look for things that please and delight me. That's one of the best ways that I reboot my energy. Sometimes when I don't have things to write about musically, it's because I haven't actually been living. Like (laughs) I need to go have some new experiences. So I have things to write about. And if I can see the connection there, I don't have to make it wrong that I'm in that very natural lull. Because those swells and those lulls are going to happen. You're going to have times in your creative life where you are just flying. And like the inspiration is like this nonstop tap that you can't turn off. And then you are going to go through dry spells with it. Where it's like no matter what you try and create, it just it doesn't work. And that's part of the creative process. Just like it's part of the creative process in relationships. Like your relationships, whether they are romantic or not, go through these phases of being really inspired. You're really on, like you're in the pocket with each other and you just get each other and you're grooving and like things are just going so good. And then you hit a lull where it gets a little dull and no matter what you say, you can't understand each other and you're missing the mark with each other and it's it's disheartening. And if we don't see that as a normal part of the process, we might make it wrong. We might jump out of that relationship prematurely because we're like, oh, it must be the relationship that's the problem. Instead of recognizing that this is actually just so much of the human condition. This is how we learn. This is how we you know, take stock of what is actually working for us and what isn't. And we can learn and we can grow and we can evolve. Like you wouldn't evolve if everything was just good all the time. You wouldn't. You would have no reason to. And the contrast of those periods of time where it's a little murky or a little messy or, you know, you just can't quite get it, that contrast is grist for the mill, it allows us to really get into the full experience of what it means to be human and continue to evolve what it means to be human and having like this very rich interior life this very rich life where you are emotionally connected you are emotionally available you are willing to take full responsibility um, for your creative life force energy and knowing that, yeah, there will be times where it's like a well that is gone dry. Sorry, that was my alarm. <laughs> it just went off. <laughs> I've got an appointment in 10 minutes, so i got to wrap this up here. Um, and it's one of those things that we just, if we can embrace it, if we can really embrace the full range of our human and know that the lulls are just as valid and valuable as the times where we are flying, then when we hit the lull, we're like, oh, this is one of those moments where I'm being prepared for the next level. I'm being prepared for the next thing. I'm being prepared to create the next thing, whatever it is. Instead of like, oh, there must be something wrong with me because I lost touch with that thread of like inspiration and like everything is going great. Like you you didn't do anything wrong. You're just in a natural cycle. And if we get all, one of my teachers calls it like rotten peachy, where like we sit and we kind of fester in that and we get really swampy with it and like really lethargic and like, uh, what's the point then it then it just takes a lot more life force energy to kind of move you through that. But if you recognize it as like, this is a normal part of what it means to be human. And in my, like my only job in this moment is to really practice having reverence for this experience reverence for this chapter, this part, this, this thing that's happening for me. And I also have kind of cleaned up my internal energetics so that I know where my energy historically was leaking. And I also know where I can go and invest it and it will really bring me some beautiful returns and it'll help get that flow of creativity running again. Because if you're stuck in your relationship or you're stuck as a creative, you have to get that energy moving again, one way or another. Whether that's you go and put your feet in the sand and just like stare at the sunset until you cry because you're so moved by the beauty. Or you go for a walk and you move that energy and you look for evidence of things that please and delight you. If you're stuck in your relationship, maybe you make a devotion that Only you know about that for the next week, you're going to look for things about your partner that really enchant you or really please you or really delight you or learn something new about them that you didn't know before, or learn something new about your craft that you didn't know before, or learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before those are all gateways through getting through the slump, the dip, those periods of time where our creativity kind of falls flat. Uh, We will be doing so much of that work inside of Reverence, and this is obviously your invitation to join us if you would like to deepen your mastery in the emotional realms and start really building out some foundations for relational mastery in your life. It is a rolling container, which means you can join anytime. It's a minimum nine month commitment. And after those first initial nine months, your participation goes into a rolling month to month membership. So you can stay as long as you like, but it's minimum nine months. I am currently teaching it. So if you'd like to come in and grab like the live teachings, otherwise the recordings are in there and you can catch them anytime. And there is still a live component every month. We have a group mentorship call and a group embodiment class. So there's two live touch points every month. And there's a curriculum, there's exercises to help you integrate what you're learning and practice what you're learning. Because I'm a big fan of having practitioners communities, meaning like you come into practice. It's not a practitioner community in the sense that I'm training you how to do this, um, and teach it. I'm training you (laughs) To practice these things in your life so that when you inevitably get to those moments where shit gets hard, where it gets crunchy, you don't turn on yourself and be like, wow, I must be a terrible, flawed human who just got the memo totally wrong. Instead, you're able to hold yourself with reverence through those moments, knowing like, oh, this is a human moment. This is a human experience and it's totally normal. And I can kind of take my power back here and kind of clean up these areas where I leak my, my soul energy. And then I can invest that energy that I do have into people, places, patterns, practices, um, hobbies that actually really enrich me, that help me learn something new, that help me discover new parts of myself or discover new parts of the people that I'm in relationships with. And that is what's going to jumpstart your creativity every single time. So if you feel really called to deepening this work with me this year Reverence is a beautiful introductory place to come and play. If you would like more one-to-one attention, I do I am opening space for one-to-ones this year. So there are currently 5 spaces available. If you would like to apply for one, it's a minimum 1-year commitment and it includes reverence. So you get access to reverence and you get one-on-one mentorship with me every month for a year. So if either of those are of interest to you, you can check out the show notes. All the links are there and we will be back very soon with a new episode. We'll talk to you soon, friends.